Doing shitloads in the garden to be productive. So yeah, just we got ground. I think I did. I tell you last week we got ground elder everywhere. Oh, so have we. Oh, fucking pain in the ass. Fucking Romans, um, Tom. It's the bloody Romans' fault that. Was it really ground elder? Yeah, they introduced it as a as a seasoning. I believe you can eat it. Oh right. This is me googling it before any of the audience try that. <laughs> <laughs> ground elder, highly poisonous. Uh, ground elder no, Romans eating. You uh yes, ground elder soup, a seasonal foraged favourite, which I'm sure your kids will love when you feed it to them for the next six months solidly. I was yeah, trying to get was out of your to garden. Say. <laughs> That's that's a good that's a very very good fact. We've we consume a lot of yogurt and we've come across We're a high um, yogurt family. <laughs> oh yeah, and we've come across um Faye. Oh yeah, I, I eat Faye. Oh it's cracking. Faye. Faye. Faye from Norway. <laughs> or is it from Sweden? I don't know, but it's lovely. I, I have Faye all the time. I like the way it's very high protein. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, high protein and delicious. And I like the way they put on the tub that it's pronounced fae. <laughs> presumably stop people calling it fadge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably not wrong there. Ah, <laughs> uh, good old fadge. A lovely big, <laughs> lovely big tub of fadge. Do you want some, do you want some <laughs> strawberry jam on your fadge? <laughs> Would you like some? Very nice. Mmm. <laughs> Oh, would you like some fire? Oh, I would love some fire. Okay, here's <laughs> some fire. That's how the advert would run if it was it like would, a Scandinavian yes. advert. It would. Well, it'd be a bit grittier than that. It'd be a lot of <laughs> driving down quiet moorland roads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with frost everywhere yeah. and snow everywhere. Yeah. And then fire. you get, yeah, with a turtleneck on and you get home to your house and go and sit in your comfy <laughs> chair with all the lights down low and just look at the board. Look at your whiteboard, and just across it is written "fae" with <laughs> with pieces of string coming out and pictures of healthy-looking people, wondering what connects them all. Yeah. And the guy with the polo neck's got to have a big sweeping side part. And, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, a big Viking moustache and a log Foyer. cabin. Yeah, he has to have a log cabin. Brilliant. <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Was Genius, sponsored by Faye, the little history podcast in which Tom, the man over there hello. eating Faye, and Sam, hello, the man over here eating Faye, discuss history stories on a theme each week. The theme is decided the week in advance, but everything else that happens is a surprise. And what's our theme this week, Tom? The theme this week is pets. It is pets, yes, a suggestion from Turtley. On, uh, you, on, on the Podbean podcasting app. And I can only assume that Turtley is uh, like a, a, someone from Middlesbrough saying totally. <laughs> totally? <laughs> totally. All right, Turtley. How are you? <laughs> Turtley's got like 15 cats and like 12 rabbits and a few horses. She loves pets. Loves pets. So, yes, thank you, Turtley, for your Turtley for your suggestion. Turtley. I can't stop it now. How are you, Turtley? How did you find it, Tom? How did you find it, Tom? Was it Turtley great? Or was oh, it Turtley horrible? Aye, it was great. What was, before I go on to say, I just remembered when you were doing your intro about Faye, I remember as kids visiting Denmark and being most amused because the word boat trip... Uh, can you guess what it is in Danish? Boat trip. Uh, b- 
Butte Trepper. It is Butte Farten, which is written as Bad Farten. Excellent. Excellent. And so you, there are big signs in places like Copenhagen saying Bad Farten. <laughs> very good. Very, very good if you're a child. Very nice. Um, very nice. Also, anyway, Fat Man in German is Dick Hare. There you go. Is it? Dick Hare? I used to know a man called Dick Hare. I think he worked for the CIA. <laughs> Dick Hare. <laughs> oh, there's some people singing in my street. Hmm. What's that all Presumably for... I think it's for doctors. Singing for doctors. Every Thursday, 8 o'clock, the, uh, Britain, Britain now sings for its doctors and, uh, and key workers. I can't keep on track of what I'm supposed to be doing, to be honest. I just go out and clap whenever I feel like it now. Yeah, my, I tell you what, my wife but, loves it. I just go downstairs and just clap right in her face repeatedly with no facial expression on whatsoever, and then I leave the room. It's, I think it's all a bit weird. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think the first time everyone went... I, I think it's very, very good that we've been grateful for all these people that are doing such a great job fighting coronavirus, but going out and clapping in the street maybe it's because I'm in a village and it's all a bit weird if you get caught standing out in the street clapping in the dark <laughs> you, that, that's the kind of behaviour that will get you a nickname <laughs> mm. old clapper at number 34 yeah clapper berry <laughs> always clapping it's like a bloody seal yep weddings funerals bar mitzvahs can't shut them up <laughs> How did you find your research this week, old clapper? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, very, yeah, it's good, good. I actually, I wrote in my notes, when I was writing my notes, that um, I've gone quite buzzfeedy this week, which I felt a bit guilty about, because I usually prefer to delve <laughs> into some unknown historical nook or discover or discuss something historically important in our own wonderful, that was genius way. I don't usually do things that are too cliche, like, you know, top 10 presidents who like being shat on or... No. 15 serial killers who like egg and cress sandwiches. Yeah, get Hart Schroeder. Mm. (laughs) And he's only number three. (laughs) Five unbelievable stories about kings who tried to hide their baldness. I just don't like those sort of (laughs) shitty websites. Number three will shock you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was really pleased because when I actually started researching this, it's just a fantastic topic. Um, So although it is a bit buzzfeedy and, you know, all you have to do is go on Google and type famous historical pets and this one will come up. It's well worth doing because it's a great story. It is a good story. I found... well, you know it, don't you? Sorry, I know. You... <laughs> well, when you mention it, because as most of the audience will know, we let each other know the night before just a one, a literally one, two words what we're going to do to make sure that we haven't done the same thing. Yeah. And uh, and Tom said his word, and I can't pronounce it, but I know what it means. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it is it is a goodie. It is a very very good one, and it's a very feel good story. And very much on topic, which is unusual, because I usually use it. I usually try and find an opportunity to, well, both of us do. <laughs> yep. To just do something we want to do. Yeah, we use it as we use the topic as a, as a loose springboard. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Found a good story. Pretty pleased with it. Um, I've got a couple of quotes from and source, but to be honest, I'm just telling my stories like I usually am. Same old, same old, same old. Just tell them, tell them my stories. Tell them a story. Sam's stories. Stories with Sam. Yeah. We've had some good feedback from listeners this week, haven't we? We have. Our listeners have been telling us their stories. Yeah. Yeah. What did we have? We had. We're talking of nurses. We got Sam, Rachel. I think that was today. She got in touch with us. It was first thing this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Um, she, she loves the show and thinks we should do nurses, and I think we should do that next week, Sam. I think nurses is a great one. Yeah. Yep. I yep. think that's a very good topic idea. Yes, nurses. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a Scott. We're, we're doing our clap for you, Sam. 
done. Did you notice how she signed off a complimentary message in a slightly ambiguous way when I first read it, at least? Because um, I thought she Keep was... Keep up the great specific- work, Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I, I shall. I shall. I was, to, I was about to tell her to fuck off. <laughs> 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 all right then <laughs> shove it shove your suggestion up your ass and then i realized it, it she was called sam <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> she was in fact signing herself off rather than complimenting me yes <laughs> singly singling out one of two people <laughs> praise 50 percent um, of us are doing great do better. <laughs> <laughs> thank you also to jake peterson who also messaged us uh, just a couple of days ago to say hello and thank you. Yeah. I love doing the self-congratulatory bit. It's like, it's wonder- wonderful light audio masturbation. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, just a little <laughs> testi- testicular t- titillation. Yes, topicular, topicular titillation. Topicular testicular titillation. <laughs> yes, and he's been suggesting that we do hobbies as a topic, which I thought was a very good one as well. So we've got, a, we've got a few in the bag now. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, Katie Lyle seemed to think it was amusing that Sam corrected me for my Byzantine speaking Latin joke. Yes. Thank you, Katie. Peak, Sam's, peak nerd, she says. Yeah, Sam's hard enough to work with it is work with as it is without you wading in, <laughs> massaging well, his big ego. I do feel a little a little unfair about this. It was a little bit unfair. So a couple of weeks ago, Tom, Tom made a, a Latin grammar joke about a Byzantine emperor, and I picked him up on it in, as was rightly pointed out, an episode of Peak Nerd, <laughs> To, to correct him and say that the Byzantines <laughs> spoke Greek, <laughs> which which is true, but Latin was the official language of the Byzantine Empire, but it wasn't one that was actually widely spoken in most discourse. So, oh, no. so Tom wasn't entirely wrong, and I was but just I'm being really unfair. I didn't unfair. want to point that out at the time. Um, <laughs> I just let it go, you know? You let it float over you. Uh, who that. else have we had? Mango Man's been back in touch. Uh, he's going to change his will from cremation to defenestration. I, I have to point out, Mango Man, that defenestration is a form of murder, not burial. You can't yeah. push someone out of a window and into <laughs> into a grave. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He, isn't, he hasn't quite got his head around the whole will thing, is it? It's not It's not where you tell people how you want to how die. How you want to be killed. <laughs> I want to be suffocated between the legs of Miss World whilst eating cheesecake. No, you can't do it that way. That's not this how is the works. last will and testament of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no, eating a cheesecake, not looking like a cheesecake. <laughs> so you basically, what he said is basically, when I die, throw my corpse out of a window. He hasn't been more specific. It could be out of the window of a hearse, <laughs> just onto the side <laughs> of a dual carriageway. It, it could be from the top of a large skyscraper in the hope of taking out several innocents on the ground. Who can say what's going on in Mango Man's head? Uh, <laughs> Uh, just anyway. roll him out along the A1 <laughs> R3DB34RD Redbeard said loved Mad Jack Churchill popping up as he did an episode a couple of weeks ago can't beat a lunatic with bagpipes and a claymore storming beaches no you can't that was Mad Jack Churchill the British soldier who uh, stormed Normandy in World War 2 from one, from one creative um, podcast sort of uh, profile name to one that's very uncreative and there was Matt yes hi Matt <laughs> I, I mean I'm, I'm not going to criticise Matt for having the name Matt <laughs> no but he, I feel he like that's unfair <laughs> he could have called himself Redbeard or Mango Man or he could have done or something else but he, he, well, he could have called Matt. himself MA77 yeah yeah but you know who knows he might have been the first Matt on the app now no one else can be Matt in which case yeah, yeah in, in which, which case, case that's actually quite good yeah yeah 
And what did he say? Oh, something, about, <laughs> but something about the windshield, um, the windshield debacle in the States that you mentioned recently. Recommended yes, so podcast. in our pandemics episode, I talked about the Seattle windshield smashing epidemic. And uh, he's pointed out that, uh, that Mark from Podcast The Constant, who we cross-promoted on this show before, uh, has done an episode on that, which I did not know, actually, but I will go and listen to that. I'll go check it out. Right. What, whose pet are we going to throw? I am going to go and get I a teddy bear. A <laughs> Oh, oh, sweet! Flip your gerbil. No, I haven't got. I thought that was you. Sorry, toss, I thought you said your gerbil. Pets. Surely everyone knows now that I'm not capable of keeping an animal alive. No. <laughs> uh, right, I've got a teddy bear, Tom. I've got a teddy bear. Do you want the front side with the face or the back side with the bum? Um, it doesn't actually have a bum model. It's just an inevitable part of the anatomy. Oh, so it's not like a baboon with a big red ass. No, no. Or like a sex bear. Like a no, he's not like a no. He's not a se- sex he's not a sex bear. teddy. <laughs> Giving you a wink. <laughs> With his come hither beads. <laughs> yes. Right, that's horrible. Right, um, do you want to... <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take his backside, please. I know you will. Dirty bastards. Oh, there we go. Hit the, hit the laundry rack. And you've won, Tom. Hit the what? Hit the laundrette? It, he, he hit the laundry house. rack. I, hit, I threw him really far. <laughs> uh, you've won, Tom. Oh, excellent. Right, I'll go first because we're going to go from one bear to another bear. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Wojtek. Wojtek the bear. Radium. Hold on. Let me do that again. <clears throat> this week, I'm going to talk to you. Yeah, can see in my notes, I haven't got a little cue that I'm supposed to see. Oh, it. right. Okay. Uh, this week, I'm going to talk about Wojtek. Wojtek the bear. Iranian Polish corporal. Oh, actually, or, or I could do it as Winnie the Pooh. Wojtek the bear, Wojtek the bear, Iranian Polish corporal bear, yes, Wojtek the bear. <laughs> anyway, I think I've pronounced it right as Wojtek. Now, there's a Winnie the Pooh story I want to read. Well, yeah, cause this is a great It's like the story. Battle of the Bulge set in the Hundred Acre Wood. <laughs> there's the Flak 88 burst <laughs> overhead. <laughs> With Eeyore. Eeyore's got his umbrella. Eeyore's down his foxhole. <laughs> it's raining shrapnel again. <laughs> Is Tigger's bottom made of springs? No, he's still on a landmine. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a childhood ruined. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible okay. of me. I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible person. That was great. I, I set you up for it. Um, yeah, Wojtek the Bear is reasonably famous. I hadn't actually heard of him, so many of our listeners may have done, though. He's a Syrian brown bear, so he's not from the deepest, darkest Peru. And our story starts in 1939, when Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union secretly agreed to invade Poland from the east and the west, splitting the country between the two powers. And in the aftermath of the division of Poland, the Soviet Union treated the Polish people with great dignity and huge respect. <laughs> right from the top. I think it came from Stalin himself. Yeah. Love thy neighbour. Kind and generous chap. Bad press. Uh, no, Stalin did what Stalin did best. So over 300,000 Poles were deported to the Soviet Union, basically to Siberian gulags. And they were the lucky ones because many were just executed. And um, People may have heard of the Katyn mass- massacre where around... 22,000 Polish generals were executed and buried in the woods. 22,000 um, generals? Which was 22,000 Polish generals. That's, that's a lot sure of generals. That's right. that's, yeah, <laughs> let me have a look. Was the Polish army Captain, made up entirely of incredibly well-decorated men? 
Twenty-two thousand officers, possibly. Polish military. Sorry, officers. No, you're right. It was officers. Sorry, I don't. I'm not very good with military. I don't know what the different generals are. The big guys. Are. The guys on top. They're the boss men. Oh, okay. Those guys. They're the guys on the big yep. bear. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Not. Yes. Not generals. That's <laughs> stupid. Uh, yeah, they were executed and buried in the woods. In 1941, Hitler does the old one-two, and he initiates Operation Barbarossa, turning on the Soviet Union. Literally, Tom. Bish bash bosh. Bish bash bosh. And remember, folks, never invade Russia in the winter. No, well, he, he, he didn't, go he didn't well. invade Russia in the winter, to be fair. He invaded Russia in the summer. It, yeah, yeah, it says that Russia's very true. big. Which is why they just retreat, don't they? Anyway, after the Germans' attack, di- diplomatic efforts, largely British, successfully persuade the Soviet Union to begin speaking with the Polish government in exile, which is in exile in the, in the UK, I think. It was agreed that the Soviet, Un- Soviet Union would allow the Polish prisoners of war to form infantry units under... Wait a minute. Where are all the Polish generals and captains and all the other senior military figures? In Oh, yes, that's right. They were yes. killed in the Katyn massacre. Um, and the units were named after the, the commander that they found for them, which was a chap called Anders. So it was Anders' army. And the newly allied British and Soviets invaded Iran in 1941, basically to secure oil, to stop the Germans getting there first. And uh, the Polish units were involved in this operation and ended up being transferred into British control and eventually became known as the Polish Second Corps. Polish soldiers, when travelling through Iran, um, encountered an Iranian boy who had found a deserted bear cub. Now that sounds a proper childhood, isn't it? That is a proper childhood. You know? Raising bears in the desert. Absolutely. Raising bears in the desert mountains. That would be fantastic. One of the Polish civilian refugees, an 18-year-old girl called Irina Bokiewicz, um, so Tom, whilst you're going, I, you, I can hear you hitting your mouse quite hard on the table as oh, you're talking. Actually, that's actually the that's actually the mouse uh, that's actually the table creaking. Oh right, okay. Sorry, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sort of draping myself over the table slightly seductively <laughs> while I read my notes. Beautiful. I find it makes my Beautiful. voice sound a bit saucier. It does. When you started doing podcasts, were you told that you're supposed to smile while you're talking because it makes makes you sound more cheerful? No, I was told to be a grumpy bastard. It was you succeeded there. Yes, I have. <laughs> Yes, I'll never smile, Tom. Never smile. It's something I'm not taking... smiling now. Oh, sorry, let's do an experiment. I'm talking now. I'm not smiling. I'm actually frowning, like Jack D, grumpy British comedian. And uh, and now I'm now oh now I'm smiling. And uh, yeah, suddenly yeah. I do sound. Well, actually no, I'm smiling, but I'm also crying behind, and it's sounding really quite it's... desperate. <laughs> it's it's a tip that was taken very seriously. I I notice in New Zealand by. Um radio adverts because you just get these ridiculously cheerful people on radio adverts who were just smiling so much as they spoke that it was like they were trying to suppress an orgasm (laughs) as they were trying to sell tyres to you I'd never go out without my Senecot it's got prunes in it they keep me regular as fuck oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway (laughs) Yeah, so this this uh, this little um, eighteen year old eighteen year old girl, a bit patronising, isn't it? This eighteen year old lady um, looked after the bear cub for a few months before Yotek was given to the Polish twenty second artillery supply company. And as you would expect from a bear growing up amongst soldiers, Yotek enjoyed coffee in the morning, beer in the evening, and the occasional cigarette that he would smoke and then eat. And yes, like <laughs> he also Pad- enjoyed the use of local prostitutes when on shore leave. And <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And collecting, <laughs> collecting Almost, mementos from slain enemies. <laughs> yeah, mostly pictures of family and wristwatches. <laughs> I almost did though. Did go down the bestiality route this week. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I almost did, and I just went no. <laughs> Life in the village getting that desperate, is it? <laughs> oh, I'm a country boy now. Few, 
there are quite a few historical examples of bestiality that I, I just couldn't bring myself to, to explore in great depth. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway. Just to... No, carry on. <laughs> anyway, something, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'm like, going to avoid the crudeness that's brewing in my mind. Like, like Paddington, Yotek also enjoyed marmalade as well, so he often ate marmalade. He was quite fun to wrestle, too. And on one occasion, <laughs> I think it was the night before Christmas, when all through the house... Nothing stirred except for Yotek, who had found the Christmas food in Boo's store, <laughs> which he smashed. Uh, and got incredibly violent. <laughs> yeah, he was usually very passive and friendly. But it turns out. some baby sham. And <laughs> <laughs> Three bucks fizz, and he's going off on Auntie Jane again. <laughs> <laughs> About a comment she made 30 years ago at a wedding. And just, let it let, let it lie, Yotek. Anyway. <laughs> she say I fat. <laughs> she run off with husband. Yotek angry. <laughs> Yotek pick up a pawpaw or a prickly pear. <laughs> I'd smash it against her head. <laughs> then look around for fancy ants and maybe try a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yotek travelled. I, I don't know how that segued, but, it, it but you started, and I felt like I should carry on. It was on. a bear connection. It was. It was a fictional bear. It was. It was a necessary bear connection. Yotek, oh, that's a bear. It was a bear, a bear necessary. Okay. Yeah, very good. I did get it. It was. <laughs> I know. It was very good. Um, Yotek travelled with the Polish company throughout the Middle East and into Egypt. When in Iraq, he apparently stole an entire washing line of ser- service women's underwear. <laughs> of course he did. Of the Polish soldiers. <laughs> yeah, yes. They just threw a sausage into the pile of pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did it all on his own. <laughs> Smeared them all in marmalade. Now go get them. <laughs> You'd think, you'd wonder what would... If you were going to the effort to smear all that underwear with marmalade, you may as well have just taken it. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's plausible deniability, isn't it? <laughs> Did you steal that underwear? No, my lad, I just smeared it in marmalade. <laughs> it's kind of my thing. There's no there's no way I would have stolen it. That'd be a ridiculous thing to my, do. That would be a stupid thing to do. My <laughs> thing is to watch the ladies come back and be confused because there's marmalade and jam on what all over their... All over their... <laughs> all over uh, their, 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 their knickknacks, yes. <laughs> marmite and a gusset. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Good amongst the turd. There's also... <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, let's move on. Oh, dear. <laughs> Whilst in Palestine, um, Yotek also scared the shit out of an enemy sympathiser who was trying to steal ammunition from the camp. Um, when he Not stealing ammunition. Ammunition. Uh, ammunition. <laughs> From My the God. camp. What? 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 From the camp. And this young, this young man <laughs> wandered into a shower, one of these sort of presumably one of these pop-up showers, and turned around to find Yotek, <laughs> butt naked, <laughs> oh, hello, trying to drive himself soldiers. off. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, this Palestinian. Shouted really rather loudly because he just encountered the six foot tall, sort of thirty stone bear, and um, was obviously caught. <laughs> there was a there was a phrase, Tom. That that phrase you uttered there for the gay community makes complete sense in a completely different context. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it it turns out Yotek actually worked out himself how to turn on the showers and cool off. Ah. Have a little chat. 
Yotek. Um, he also, um, apparently, the Polish soldiers taught Yotek to hold new recruits up by the boots, just to scare them for a bit of a laugh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a bit of a sort of initiation ceremony there for the for some younger Polish soldiers getting bangled <laughs> by a bear. The British army has milling. The Polish army has mauling. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's really just a matter of pronunciation, Tom. <laughs> milling is bizarre. Uh, we discussed that a few episodes ago, didn't we? We did. Anyway, from Egypt, the Polish Second Corps were transferred to Italy to fight alongside the British Eighth Army in the Italian campaign. And pets weren't allowed on British transport ships, so the Polish made Jotek a private. And he was given all the things that pri- a private would be given, so he had all his rations, and he was actually given double rations because he was so bloody big. So he could eat as much marmalade and honey as he liked. Sweet. <laughs> Using our two fictional bears. <laughs> Merging. Which he, which he did out of a picnic basket. <laughs> <laughs> which, which bear was that? Yogi. 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 I don't know. Never watched Yogi Bear. I know you do a good Yogi impression, so I'm not going to stop. I do. Go on, carry on. No, I'm I'm, I'm done. (laughs) Miser. (laughs) Sorry. I'm trying to to think of something suitably World War II-y to say (laughs) in Yogi's voice. Um, We'll fight them on the beaches. Oh, oh, Bubuski, there's an MG42 up on the hill. We're pinned down. Oh dear. Yotek's <laughs> biggest moment was during. Is the... that Tigger? Oh no, he stepped on a landmine again. <laughs> T.I. Double Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yotek's biggest moment was during the Battle of Monte Cassino between the Allied forces and the Axis forces. The Allied forces landed in Sicily in 1943. I better give a bit of background to this. Um, before quickly landing on the Italian mainland. So they were going south to north. Mussolini's fascist government collapsed quite quickly. And the Germans took over northern Italy with Mussolini uh, looking very pretty at their hips, but they're being a bit useless, huh? <laughs> so he was sort of still there, but he'd been basically booted out. I think it was the um, uh, the Italian king had basically kicked him out. Yes, I think that's, I think that's right. Um, the Allied forces then made their push north through Italy, and they encountered strong resistance at a series of fortified defence lines known collectively as the Winter Line. And the Battle of Monte Cassino is an exceptionally hard-fought victory for the Allied forces against a very strongly positioned enemy. And after three futile but costly attacks on the German positions, the Allied forces, including the integral, very important Polish Second Corps, broke through the German lines. And in this battle, 55,000 Allied forces were killed and less than 20,000 Axis forces. So it was a really costly victory. But actually, very very important one because I think it was roughly the same time as uh, the Normandy landings, and so it. Um, yes, more or less. Yeah. yeah. So it held back a lot of German uh, military units, a lot of resources uh, in in northern Italy, Middle Italy. During this battle, Yotek was initially scared by the noise um, and tried to climb a tree. And from this spot, sort of halfway up a tree, he saw one of the Polish soldiers struggling with ammunition shells. So he climbed down and made himself useful, carrying 25-pound artillery shells to his fellow soldiers. And there are eyewitness reports from British soldiers who were there and really rather surprised when they saw a <laughs> great big bear um, carrying these artillery shells back and forth. And apparently he didn't drop a single one. Ah, oh, well, if he had dropped one, then it wouldn't have been as much of a story. <laughs> no. Bear picks up shell, bear go boom. Stupid, stupid pet bear fucks up. <laughs> <laughs> Allied assault. Um, yes. <laughs> as it is, the winner's right The bear history. that helped the Nazis hold off the Allies at Monte Cassino. <laughs> the Monte double Cassino. agent. Yotek the double agent bear. 
So he was made a corporal after this to acknowledge his contribution to the victory. Aww. And uh, after the war, Jotek um, ended up in Scotland, where all of the Polish went. And then obviously Poland was coming under the Soviet sphere of influence, was behind the Iron Curtain. And there was a bit of a diplomatic battle for Yotek, and there was a fear that the Soviet Union was basically going to try and take Yotek and use him as a symbol of Soviet strength. So anyway, he ended up in Edinburgh Zoo, and was a big hit, um, after having been kept on a farm, I think, somewhere in Scotland. And uh, yeah, he often appeared on Blue Peter. Um, he was a very, very popular character. He died at the age of 21. At this point, he was six feet tall and 35 stone. And um, there are a number of statues of Yotek, certainly in Edinburgh and Poland. Uh, there was a short animated film made in 2011, narrated by another big fun bear, Brian Blessed. Ah. Which I couldn't find. I did want to watch it. Can you do a bit of Brian Blessed doing the bear? I don't think he Not was that way. the voice of uh, Yotek. Um, but there was a Brian Blessed doing the bear. <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> but he was about the only person Stand who could. Stand still. Isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, Brian Blessed. And that's that's the story of Yotek. So a very fun, uplifting story. I think there's one bit of information I missed out, actually. I think the Polish artillery unit, um, the, they actually ended up having um, a picture of Yotek carrying artillery shells included in their badge, their little military badge as well. Aww. So a fantastic, yes, a very popular figure, Yotek the, the friendly bear. And, uh, and so, so he ended up in a zoo in Edinburgh. Did he, did he marry? Was he a happy bear after the war? I think he was happy. I think it. I think he died of a of a condition related to his esophagus, and it's been from smoking. Exactly, it's been hypothesised that he was it was the smoking and then swallowing lit cigarettes, possibly. Wow! Um, but no, he seemed to be seemed to be very very happy. I don't think he was um, shell shocked at all, and he was a very very popular character. And he was visited a lot by Polish soldiers after the war. Very sweet story. Maybe I want a friendly bear who's good in a scrap and can handle. A- Handle a rifle, Tom. I was going to get a Datsun, but, but a Syrian brown bear sounds much better. It does sound fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's Stealing one of... underwear, eating marmalade. It's a high... whale of a time. It's a high-risk pet, though, isn't it? It's one of those pets that at any moment can maul you to death. Yeah, but, I mean, hamsters are no better. Have you been mauled to death? Yeah, that's actually true. They do. They're yeah, known to maul people to death. Absolute bastards. <laughs> crawl up. They're known to crawl up people's asses. <laughs> yeah. Yes, honestly, Doctor, it went up there on yeah, its own. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Known to do that. They're devious little creatures. <laughs> oh, Clapperberry's back at the hospital again. I wonder what it is this time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, thank you, Tom. That was a lovely story. So, much like you, Tom, I'm going for a faithful military mascot today because, inevitably, they're the most fun kinds of pets. They're the only pets who really got into any adventures. <laughs> Much like you, my character, much like yours, sorry, my character was a major propaganda source in his own war. <laughs> no, no, I am also a major propaganda source in my own war. My own you, war you are indeed. Against Ground Elder. <laughs> da, 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 da. They fear you, Tom. They fear your shovel. They've been telling their friends and family about you, and now they're all terrified. Yes, much like uh, Wojcik, or how was it pronounced again? It, it, Sean. It was pronounced Sean, but I decided... Sean. <laughs> Much like Sean. <laughs> Irish spelling. My character was a major Irish propaganda spelling, so it's P-J-X-N-J-E-A-N. Sean, yeah. 
So my character is a major propaganda source, both for the parliamentarians and the royalists, which might give you a clue, Tom, as to where we're going for this yes, one. Yes, we're going for the Roman occupation of Britain. Excellent. Yes. We, yeah, no, 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 no. We're going for the, the Empire of Mali, Tom, in the 10th century AD. There we go. There we go. Sorry, I was close. No, of course we're not. Of course we're not. We're going for the English Civil War, aren't we? Hey, the English Civil War. That's the, that's Welsh, but Aye, yes. The English Civil War. And today, Tom, I'm going to talk about Boy, also known as Buddle, the loyal servant of Prince Rupert of the Rhine, who was one of the senior royalist leaders in the English Civil I War. I thought I might have been a sort of Aldi ripoff of failure. Boy. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and uh, Puddle is the Aldi, uh, Aldi ripoff of Goo Pots. <laughs> pudding. <laughs> so, yes, Boya was a dog. He was a poodle uh, who may also have been a witch, a spy, and apparently able to turn himself invisible. Wow. As you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bear in mind, this was the 17th century and they really should have known better. Yeah. What we do know is that uh, Boy was born in 1638 and died very nobly in battle at Marston Moor on July the 2nd, 1644. Now, Bui was a pretty striking dog. He wasn't your typical rough, scarred, battle-hardened, military German shepherd type in a bomb-proof, stab-proof vest. He was a very large, very beautiful... That didn't it? <laughs> your description <laughs> of that dog. Well, that's what they actually look like, isn't it? <laughs> he didn't have guns on his back or... Shields. Metal paws. <laughs> yeah, helmet. That's what, it sounded, that's what it sounded like. No. Boy, it was a very large white poodle. Very definitely not very Warhammery. Hence his nickname, Puddle, which is apparently how the English pronounced poodle at the time. Right. <laughs> Presumably because they'd never seen one before. Puddle. And boy, obviously, just means boy. <laughs> yeah. Very imaginative nicknames. <laughs> boy the puddle, because he is a puddle and a boy. <laughs> Went slightly Chaucerian there. I thought it went um, very Italian. <laughs> hey. hey! What are we going to call it? It's a dog, huh? We're going to call it a puddle. <laughs> puddle. Doesn't quite work. Puddle doesn't quite work in Italian accent. <laughs> anyway, he was given to Rupert as a gift, a companion by a concerned friend when he was captured during the Thirty Years' War and uh, was confined safe but very lonely in Lynn's Castle. So his friend, I think the Duke of Arundel, sent him this dog as a pet to uh, see him through his imprisonment. And pretty quickly, Boy became a world-famous mascot. I say world-famous, Europe-famous. His size, his grace and his snowy white colour was very rare at the time. Uh, it was an exceptionally new and uh, an exciting thing to see a white poodle. And quickly became the stuff of legend, so much so that the Ottoman Sultan, Murad IV, reportedly tried to get his European ambassadors to track down a similarly glamorous beast, and they couldn't find one. Wow. So he was, he was really something special at the time. And when the English Civil War broke out in 1642, Rupert travelled to England, where he joined the Royalist army of his uncle, Charles I, as one of its most recognisable and senior faces, and obviously Boy went with him. He accompanied his master on the battlefield and became incredibly valuable as a propaganda tool to both sides. He was probably the most recognised face of the English Civil War at the time. <laughs> probably about as famous as Cromwell. <laughs> and so both sides took this dog and they published pamphlets and books about him. And both sides spread equal numbers of rumours about sides. this dog. Yeah, For the parliamentarians, and particularly the, the Puritans, 
Boy was the literal embodiment of royal excess. He was fed from the hand of the king, rumour had it, personally. So King Charles had personally thrown meat. He was blindly obedient and spoilt rotten as a result. So for not thinking and just blindly obeying the king, he was given all of the trappings of luxury with no kind of spiritual depth to him. You know, because dogs have real spiritual depth usually. <laughs> Consider the ball. <laughs> and it was commonly claimed by the parliamentarians that whilst the people starved under royal taxation, the king himself fed boy beef and swan from his own table. Uh, even more damaging, boy was allowed to attend mass. Fuck me, Tom. Ooh. He went into church cheapening the solemn occasion as he ran around playing in the pews and shitting in the altar. <laughs> Scurrilous behaviour. But let's be honest, so far that could be any poodle. In fact, it could be any dog. So they launched an entirely serious campaign on top of this to decry Bui as a witch and a spy. Not just a tool of witches and spies, but an actual witch and a spy himself. They published woodcuts and pamphlets. There's one from 1643 entitled Observations upon Prince Rupert's white doggy called Boy. Which uh, I'm, I'm doing the pronunciation, I'm doing the spelling there, pronouncing it phonetically, <laughs> lots of extraneous E's. Which claimed that the white hound was a familiar, a witch's familiar, yeah. who could turn himself invisible which is how he did most of his most nefarious spying, by becoming invisible and sneaking into the parliamentarian camp. Yeah, absolutely. Hence there being no witnesses. Absolutely, yeah. Hence it was very, very hard to find, obviously, a white poodle, because they're invisible, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. Obviously not invisible all the time, quite commonly seen on the battlefield, where you'd hope that invisibility would... Well, you'd think the invisibility would actually be quite, quite useful. Yeah, I mean, but, it's a key yes. moment in war, isn't it, a battle? Yeah. Yes, well, you don't, want to be, you don't want to be a coward and be invisible in the face of the enemy, oh, possibly. Tom. possibly, yeah, yeah, possibly. That's a lesson the French didn't learn until halfway through World War One. Hey. <laughs> when it turns out that brightly coloured uniforms in a muddy field is something of a recipe for disaster. <laughs> but yes, he could apparently turn himself into the form of a human, uh, or he could even turn himself into Rupert himself. Or he communicated with the devil on a regular basis and had personally, the dog... Not the king, not the prince. The dog had personally sold the soul of the royalist cause for a cheap victory over Christ, Tom. Wow. <laughs> so he must really have liked his beef and swan. What ridiculousness. What top-hole ridiculousness. But bear in mind, this is at a time when suspected witches were still being burnt at the stake. Well, absolutely. And we, so... we, discussed, didn't we? we discussed the other day about the Thirty Years' War. Yeah, absolutely. Which was running at a similar time, slightly before, wasn't it? All the horrible stresses that put on society, and um, it was usually little old ladies with warty noses and slightly peculiar habits who got the brunt of it. <laughs> yeah, abs absolutely. It's... Or in this case, beautiful poodles. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I suppose you're right. At the other end of the spectrum, beautiful poodles. Yeah, although, you know, it wouldn't be entirely unknown today for a little old lady with a warty nose to have a very well-kept yappy poodle. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who is almost certainly having met some yappy poodles in my time communing with Satan <laughs> and we're going through <laughs> on some a personal level. <laughs> yeah, we I are. Think, I think we should bring back witch hunts. I think we should burn some poodles, personally. <laughs> Barbecue some poodles at the stake. Yep, absolutely. Failing that, put a mop on a cat, use it as an effigy. <laughs> burn them in absentia. I, I love animals. I'm not suggesting we do that. Just saying we could, and it might get rid of the plague. Uh, <laughs> so they were deadly serious about this. They were deadly no, just serious. Remove, just, this... just get rid of the five G. That's that'll do it. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Five G will do it. Yeah, I do. I, well, the thing I read the other day, Tom, which has completely convinced me, completely convinced me, is uh, is the fact that human beings 
are uh, are made of electric. Yes, it's something something I genuinely read. Yeah, and uh, and so we need, we really need to understand vibrations. Well, and the and the vibrations of obviously of five G. Yeah. Well, as you as you know, Sam, I've been in the fitness industry now for eight years. And I've encountered... You have, so you you know your bullshit. <laughs> yes. Huge amounts of shit. I've encountered a lot of people who are very, very convincing when you first start listening to them. And then when you actually listen to their words, you realise they're full of shit. And I remember going to a conference and having one guy talk about how um, bare, being barefoot was a really good idea because it improves your proprioception and it strengthens all those little muscles in your feet and your feet and your ankles have got something like 40 joints. They're very complicated. And I was thinking, okay, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm interested here. And then he started talking about how walking barefoot also neutralises and earths your energy. Oh, dear. And that's when I went, ah, this guy is a twat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, scientifically speaking, it does earth you. <laughs> Whereas if you were wearing rubber-soled shoes, you wouldn't be earthed. But, but unless you happen to be trying to climb on a bike saddle underneath an electricity pylon, it's, it's not, not going to do, do you, any you much good. good. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, the guy was full of shit. <laughs> High vibrational shit. Yes. It, was, it was connected with um, adrenal fatigue syndrome. And if any of our listeners hear that term, um, it's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> AFS, also known as absolute fucking shit. <laughs> and um, if you're thinking, oh no, it's not, oh no, it is. And all of these people called Dr. Libby, for example, who say adrenal fatigue syndrome exists are bullshit artists, because you will never, ever find an endocrinologist who says that adrenal fatigue syndrome exists. Um, anyway, no. sorry for the rant. But if you could, Tom, do you know what they would say a cure would be? Shoving a poodle in your ear and reciting Wizardora. Old, old Lang Syne. <laughs> no, Tom. Faye, eh? Proud sponsors of That Was Genius, <laughs> the little history podcast with a high-protein heart. <laughs> but yes, 5G... Not going to cause coronavirus, it'll kill you. For the royalists, slightly more sensibly, uh, whilst the parliamentarians are off on their homeopathic <laughs> good vibrational shit, <laughs> for the royalists, Boy boy was not only shown as the epitome of the royalist cause, he was a valuable tool to show up how bloody stupid and superstitious the parliamentarians were. So, for the first part, as a good royalist, he was the ultra-loyal, well-trained and disciplined servant of his kindly and generous master, whose boundless devotion to king and country saw him handsomely rewarded from the hand of the king himself. It's the same facts, but it's quite an obvious propaganda yeah, twist one way yeah, or the other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on one hand, intelligently loyal and generous, therefore fed very well. On the other, blindly obedient. He was so loyal, he even slept in the king's own bed, so the king really showered him with favours for his loyalty. It was... Oh, my Dutch oven in him. <laughs> well, Tom, where this story is going, I'm not sure it's King that's doing the Dutch ovening. <laughs> Don't worry, I found some silliness. <laughs> Flatulent poodle, here we come! I'm running my hands <laughs> yep. together. You need to, fe- you need to, fe- you need to feed that dog some failure. You really yeah. do. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's currently on a diet of beef, <laughs> and so is the King. So. So between the two of them, the royal chambers are going to be... Uh, Honking. <laughs> it's going to be the royal chamber orchestra, I think, about six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Just a farting poodle and a farting king who looks a bit like a poodle. <laughs> Who's got the curlier hair and the better mane. It was rumoured, and this is probably true since he was apparently much better behaved than Rupert, Prince Rupert himself, upon hearing the name of the parliamentary leader, John Pym, he would cock his leg and piss. <laughs> Excellent trick. Nice one. 
And so beloved was he by the troops, by the royalist troops, that he was promoted to Major General, which is uh, one step above Brigadier, it's quite a senior position, becoming the first non-human officer in British Army history and the first official military dog. So there we go. He was a, a canine and an officer, a poodle and an officer. Isn't that a um, Tom Cruise film, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise is more of a yappy little terrier. <laughs> an officer and a gentleman. Is that Tom Cruise or is that... No, that might be Richard Gere. Uh, I think it is Richard Gere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet Tom Cruise can still be a yappy little yeah, terrier. Yeah, we're, we're getting an opportunity to have a dig at Tom Cruise. I'm happy. Yeah, why not? Take it. He don't come along too often in this podcast. But much more important than his value as a, prop- as a propaganda tool to his own side was his satirical value in knocking back the parliamentarians. Because, fucking hell, Tom, imagine thinking that someone's dog is a witch. Ridiculous. Especially the dog belonging to the nephew of the fucking King of England himself. What an absolute moron yeah. would think that. I don't know, you'd have to be fucking silly is what, Tom? Fucking silly. I haven't got anywhere to go with that. You'd have to just be an absolute dingbat. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere with this. I was just waiting. No, no. <laughs> I was hoping you'd jump in. <laughs> I was just waiting. You just left me hanging. I thought you were going to come out with My notes have run person. out. I've just got parentheses. It's just dot, 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 insert humour here. <laughs> and nothing's coming. <laughs> I thought you were lying My well runneth up, dry. Oliver Cromwell. And I was going to go, oh, yeah, that Oliver Cromwell. Uh, but I didn't know where it was going. I was like... <laughs> Oliver Silly Pants. <laughs> silly Sausage Cromwell. <laughs> yeah. That's who'd think the dog and was a witch. Big warty nose. And his silly serious face. His boring Puritan ideas. Boring. Boring. My name's Oliver Cromwell. I'm boring. There we go. That's the comedy gold I was looking for. Uh, who wants to go to Oliver Cromwell's? I've got I've got no right. I've got no right to be sarcastic to you there. <laughs> I try. I let myself down at a dead end of comedy, and you tried to save me. <laughs> You're criticising me, and I've come back and biting you on your ass. I think we should probably abandon this idea. Carry on. <laughs> and so, what royalist writers uh, did was publish their own satirical pamphlets in response to the parliamentarian pamphlets, giving Boy even more ridiculous superpowers. <laughs> They decided if those guys are going to be stupid, we're going to show them how stupid they are by taking it to the nth degree. And people ploughed money into this. They were like pamphlets and books at the time were not cheap things to produce. <laughs> but they were churning them out. And one famous royalist writer, a guy called John Cleveland, claimed that Rupert himself was a witch and that Boy was his familiar and was in fact Satan incarnate. So Satan was walking the earth in the form of this uh, giant poodle. And he was also various oh, writers this was a said. Royalist saying this. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, but he was he was taking the piss. Right, he was right, right, right. deliberately taking it above and beyond. Oh, okay. He was well known as a satirist, so he wasn't right, going to get right, in trouble right. for it. Sorry, I, I forgot you did say about satire. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so other satirists wrote that um, Boy was in fact the spirit of a lady from Lapland trapped in the body of a dog. <laughs> that he could tell the future. He could smell hidden treasure. And was not only bulletproof, but was so quick that he could save his master by plucking flying balls out of the air. Nice. As in bu- bullets, lead balls, yeah, not, yeah, not you know, tennis balls. balls. <laughs> Less dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he could he could apparently tell the future, Tom. Uh, just not, it seems, his own future. Or maybe he wouldn't have been so bloody careless at the Battle of Master Moor. Oh, bloody annoying as well, isn't it, when you can't speak any human language, but you can tell the future. Yes. It's really difficult to communicate that to anyone. Lassie took 
decades to train as people. <laughs> Imagine a battle nudging nudging Rupert. Rupert, there's a, they're about to attack from behind. They're behind you. What's that, boy? Do you want some steak? Yes, but not now. Not now. Oh, that's a nice steak. There's people behind you. Oh, oh yes, more steak. I'll have a sausage. Come on, oh, why not? Oh, I like a sausage. Who's behind you? John Pitts. Oh, no, don't send me outside. <laughs> it's a Pavlov's dog thing. Oh, I tried. <laughs> Oh, some spare sausages. <laughs> so there was also an amazing satirical pamphlet with quite a famous woodcut on it in which uh, Boy meets his parliamentary equivalent on the battlefield. and <laughs> <laughs> A big face-off, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah. Be a bat dog versus dogging. <laughs> versus dogging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lassie versus Muttley. Yeah. Who else? Be- Beethoven versus... K-9. Yeah, that classic. K-9, yeah, yeah K nine <laughs> for the cinema lovers. The shit, the shit robot dog from Doctor Who. <laughs> Excellent. No, no, no. no, no so, K nine was the film that was released at the same time as um. What was it? There were two identical films were released back in the nineties. This is ages ago. Anyway, forget <laughs> about it. Picture this battle between a battle of wits between two dogs, and the picture shows the parliamentarians facing the roundheads on the battlefield, with Boy on one side and a dog called Pepper on the other, mm. with his owner shouting, "Bite him! Bite him, Pepper!" Trying to send him after Prince Rupert. And the proper name of the book is a dialogue, or rather a parley between Prince Rupert's dog, whose name is Puddle, and Toby's dog, whose name. Is Pepper very British? Very British. It's actually a much, much, much longer and very title in that, and, and very, very boring. But the, but that's the abridged title, which is longly blood enough as it is. It's actually when you read into it, it's a satirical talk based on an argument between two preachers on each side of the argument. But anyway, it's a farting dog joke, and that's what we're going with today. That the very, very surface, superficial reading of this pamphlet. It starts off with the dog shouting names at each other. Things like you perfumed Ponzi Prince's poodle or you rancid ringworm infested roundhead, that kind of that kind of thing. Uh, they then call each other witches and pontificate about the merits of their own armies, with boy your puddle, listing the various noblemen standing behind him before pointing out Pepper's men clad in nothing but pauper's red cotton. And Boy then starts to use his cunning and wits to convince Pepper that he's much cleverer than him, and that because he's so clever, Boy is fighting with the Royalists, and if he was half as clever as Boy, Pepper would come and join him. And he eventually claims that he's hatched a plot. This is Boy, by the way, the dog. The dog has hatched a plot to use a thousand barrels of gunpowder, 500 iron bars, and 600 tons of stone to, quote, undermine the Thames, blowing it up at high tide, (laughs) and sweeping the roundheads away. (laughs) So there we go, he's a terrorist as well. <laughs> very, very, very strange. Imagine him though, imagine imagine a dog trying to pull a thousand barrels of gunpowder down. <laughs> determined. Oh, sausage. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, <laughs> he's just lit a string of sausages <laughs> back from the powder keg. But yes, apparently this this plot is so cunning that Pepper is amazed and uh, and swaps sides. He abandons Parliament to fight for the king since his men are clearly, and, and dogs are clearly much more intelligent and, and going to be on the winning side. And by way of swearing loyalty, Boy asks Pepper to, quote, blow his nose backwards and to fart against all sectaries. 
<laughs> which he duly it's does, Tom. against all secretaries. Uh, sectaries, uh, as in sectarians, I think. Right, oh, okay, yes, okay, not... not, not as opposed to all secretaries. Yeah, not, not... <laughs> Poor Bob Cratchit, <laughs> struggling enough already. <laughs> I can do my own filing. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's a good hole punch? Watch this. <laughs> Staple this. <laughs> Adam Partridge. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that what this dog sounded like? Yeah. Oh, your three o'clock appointment's arrived. <laughs> <laughs> The doctor will see you now. So yes, Boy asks him to blow his nose backwards and to fart against all sectaries and secretaries and other administrative staff, the head of HR. Which he duly does, creating such a massive stink that both armies have to leave the battlefield. (laughs) At which point, in celebration, the dogs go and fetch some sheep's wool to use as a makeshift wig, just to finish off that royal look on Pepper. (laughs) So he runs around guffing away. With, with, a, a, wig with a pile of sheep shearings on his head. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, all good things and even all legendary dogs must come to an end. And at the Battle of Master Moor on July 2nd... Well, it's, it's dog-eat-dog, isn't it, Sam? It is. It is dog-eat-dog world. I, mean, I, was, I was trying to... I, through your whole story, I was trying to get the dog-eat-dog oh. joke in and I didn't really get an opportunity, so I panicked. Well, you can say that's a dog's life at the end. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Battle of Barston Moor, July 2nd, 1844. Boy was either set loose or escaped from the Royalist camp and was doing what he usually did, running around being invisible and catching bullets, <laughs> apparently, until a part of... Encouraging <laughs> other dogs to fart at secretaries. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, Sleep. Rex, over here. You'll never guess what. Great fun farting on secretaries. <laughs> Oi! Goldie, come over here. You can roll in some sheep shit once you're done as a reward. Maybe that's what he did. Maybe maybe what he did when he was invisible, his way of sabotaging the enemy, was just to sneak in behind their elderly Labrador, completely invisible, bark loudly in its ear, make it fart and shit itself in fear and then leave. <laughs> thus disrupting high-level military meetings. <laughs> Again, um, you, anyway, yes, unfortunately... Dog, not really using his powers <laughs> to their full capacity, really, is it? I mean, there's limited uses for a dog that can turn itself invisible and can't be understood. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It's almost as if he's not there at all. Yeah. I would go around and I would just sort of lower myself behind people who were walking backwards. Let's make them fall over. I lie down behind yeah, them. Yeah, let's let them fall over. Yeah, oh, nice. Uh, what else could you do? Um, or you could you could just go and steal all the sausages. <laughs> yeah. We all over their shoes, creating a, I thought that. a slippery surface. I was about to say, urinate in the boots, yep. Every time someone delivered orders to the uh, general's tent, you could just run in and, and grab them like a newspaper and then shred them. Oh, the orders, not the individual. Yeah. And not the messenger. No, not the individual, no, that would, that would be cruel. But no, the, the dog could shred your, shred your homework. That would be quite good, wouldn't it? If a messenger goes into the commander's tent and there's, uh, they're being attacked by an invisible dog, That'd be a rather weird yeah. scene, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't trust no, them, would you? <laughs> the messenger just starts having a fit, shake, shaking a leg erratically. Get off me! What's this? Actually, that's a thing. You could cause you could cause uproar in the camp by going shagging the leg of the general's wife, <laughs> like sharp but invisible, and a dog. <laughs> Get off, you bastard! <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, at some point in the battle, whilst Boy was running around being vaguely generally useless uh, a parliamentarian soldier either with a pike or a gun 
managed to find his way through the uh, melee and killed the dog. It was quite a deliberate target as well, uh, by, by all counts. Apparently, Rupert was visibly distraught at this, as you would be when your dog just got killed, which the parliamentarians very maturely celebrated by publishing lots of posters with very badly done cartoons. And I mean, they are dreadful cartoons of a dog being shot at point-blank range whilst a posh bloke cries about it. <laughs> Terrible, terrible drawings. Um, apart from anything else, the dog is significantly bigger than any man ever born in history. He's more like a horse. <laughs> but anyway, Tom, there you go. The propaganda poodle who got into soldiers' noodles and ended up dead in a satirical doodle. Some called him boy, some called him puddle. But for Prince Rupert of the Rhine, he was just nice to cuddle. Nice. Word. That is how you end your piece. Very good. Are we going to do nurses next week, I think then? we do nurses. Are we going to be launching our website? Oh yes, we need to out, talk about this, don't we? Yes. We have a smash-tastic, stonk-wonking, ear-burping new website with a Patreon account. You explain, Sam. I don't really know what a Patreon account is. <laughs> oh, I, I see. I get to give the bad news. <laughs> Tom gives the good news. We've got a, no. a slap-up new website uh, and we've got a fantastic Patreon account with lots of wonderful offers. In all seriousness, we absolutely love doing this podcast. But it does take up quite a lot of our time. <laughs> Believe it or not, and, the quality of the recordings. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and um, and especially because it's it's tough times at the moment. Here comes the uh, the sob story. We do need to try and try and make it work financially. So we set up this Patreon account, and what we're going to do is we're going to keep every other episode available to everyone completely free of charge. Every other episode, every other week, completely free, and for. Three pounds a week, which is about as much as a cup of coffee would cost. You get access to all a of the month, episodes, I think, isn't it? And oh, sorry, no, three pounds a month, not even three pounds a week. Three pounds yeah, a month. Three pounds a month. You get access to all of the episodes. Some great bonus content on the site. You've got some. We're going to have some posters and things you can download. We're going to have some uh, some do- stupid doodles that uh, Tom and I are doing. There's going to be some songs. So you get special Patreon songs. Yeah, yeah, you basically get to. We're calling it the Order of the Bathroom. You can be yes. a companion of the Bog Brush. A knight of the flannels, or the highest honour of them all, commander of the bubble bath. Yes. And yes, you, you're going to do some songs, aren't you? I've done some medals. Yep. So not real ones. We can't afford that just yet. <laughs> um, but you get your own picture of a medal. Um, it's going to be cracking. It is going to be cracking, and hopefully, it will be well worth it. So if you enjoy this podcast, please do uh, if you can help and support us. If you can't, we completely understand, and we're going to do as much as we can still for you for free. Yeah, that's coming soon, and we're gonna. It's not going to be immediate. The website's launching pretty soon, but for the next couple of weeks, you get all of the episodes. We don't want to spring it on people, and it'd be a nasty surprise if if you rely on us. So we're gonna try. We're gonna give you a bit of warning. I think we're gonna roll it out probably in two weeks' time. Yeah, a couple more episodes, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to plow more into the podcast as well. Do even more Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, and you know, for those people who do decide that they're gonna they're gonna give us a little bit of money a month. Um, you can do it and then you can swagger around like Cosimo de Medici, satisfied in the knowledge that in 500 years' time there'll be a television programme for children with two mutant turtles called Tom and Sam. So you become Absolutely. a famous patron <laughs> of the arts. That's what it's going to be like. <laughs> yes. But yeah, in the meantime, and available for all, the website is going to be launching in a couple of days' time. And next week we'll be doing an episode all about nurses. I say. I say. So do get in touch with us. Yes, if you have anything, uh, any suggestions, comments, anything else, you can find us on Twitter, that underscore was underscore genius, Instagram, at that was genius, and Facebook, that was genius podcast. And the website, of course, which should be up live, I think, by the time you hear this, actually, is that was genius podcast dot com. Oh, yeah, let's get it up and running. Go check it out. We're pretty proud. We're pretty pleased.
it's, a lot has gone into and if you're really 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 boring you can go through our recording notes for all 60 plus episodes we've ever recorded <laughs> wow 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 that's on the website for search engine optimization reasons, by guys. Not because we're actually that boring. <laughs> yeah, it's not because we think you care. <laughs> it's it's because we we want to get right. It's there if you want well it. For certain search terms, you can have a look. <laughs> right, I think on that note, we should say goodbye, Tom. We're not natural born salesmen, are we? <laughs> goodbye. Bye.